With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. The kit looked good. Fuck off. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Claps, claps, claps. Les différents podcasts de frappe. Arsenal have been through their mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption where you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente. But Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The Different Knock Podcast. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Welcome back to the Well that was fucking dreadful podcast with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend Barley Adams <clears throat> To quote the late great Claude It's time to go <laughs> Who are you? Are you calling for heads? Yeah, you're calling for heads. I fully. Rad, that is is rash. Nah, do you know what we've we've said? Oh, do you know what he needs a preseason? He needs more time. He needs more windows. Well, he's had his time. He's had his windows. He's into his third season. His thirtieth month as Arsenal manager. I I can't name a single player that he's improved. We've spent nearly a hundred and five million great British pounds on this squad and barely improved it. Like. Uh, yeah, I he and the thing is, one of the main reasons I'm saying this is he looks done on the sidelines. He looks hopeless and forlorn and genuinely like like he's baffled that it's not working. And we were all calling for change and saying that we want things to change, but we can't truly expect anything to realistically change at this football club until we change the hierarchy and that does include Mikel and that does include Edu and that does include Vinay and of course it also inc- includes the Cronkies but I just I, I, I think his his t- his tenure is now already indefensible so come you know three four games time when we've probably got zero points from our first four games I just think I do think, I think he's done. I, I see no ideas. I see new, fresh, inventive things coming from him. It's the same football that we've been seeing for the last 18 months. It's fucking dreadful. Do you not think this is a bit rash? No, genuinely. Because, like, this, this, this squad was apparently second in the league, po- or third in the league post-Christmas. 
we have spent a pack, like almost a hundred million pounds on it. Or like we'll, we'll have, after Erdegaard, we'll have spent a hundred million pounds or whatever, or after fucking Ramsdale or whatever stupid deals we're doing. We'll have spent a hundred million pounds on the squad to not improve it. I know we're going to get into the game and this is when it will really come up, but signing, I'm not saying this because I think Ben White is terrible, but signing Ben White for 50 million pounds when our team has no centrality, there is there is barely any centrality in this team. There is no options. Like Smith Rowe is looking forward, trying to play balls into runners that aren't there. Kieran Tierney's putting crosses into people that aren't there because they're either not being told to be there or they're not following the instructions to get there. Why, so I think... And yeah, I just... I just it, like, and I know... I, I understand what you mean by this is rash, but I just... It looks like nothing has gotten better and he's been the manager for a long, long time now. The only thing that has kept him in a job is the fact that he's handsome and he speaks better English. Genuinely. And the fact he won that FA Cup. That FA Cup has kept him in a job probably longer than he should have been. So I think there's counter-arguments to everything you said, but the overwhelming wave of evidence um, is starting to get insurmountable. I mean, it uh, has been insurmountable since last season, my friend. Like... I, I nothing's, don't, I, I as don't in nothing's changed no but as in like the things that I'm saying now are things that we said six months ago true but I think there are counter arguments to everything what I'm trying to say is and, and I could get into the, the, the specifics of those but the the overwhelming evidence is is starting to get yeah is starting to be what that word means which is overwhelming <laughs> I can't defend a lot of the decisions that were made on the football pitch. I can't defend a lot of the decisions that were made in the summer. I can't defend a lot of the decisions that have been made in the tenure of Mikel. I can't defend a lot of the decisions that have been made for going on however many years now. And I think it's starting to reach a point where the fuse is a lot shorter and I completely get it. Like it it makes so much sense to me. We'll get into the specifics of the game, but one thing that I would one thing that I would love to just to point out is where's the confidence? Where is Mikel it? Mikel has no we, co- like we, you're talking about we, saying that it's on, a short on, fuse, Alex. It's been thirty months. Like literally it's been over two years. What what, what is short about that? And well, there's I think no it, improvement. No none. I think it's short to call for someone's head after one game. That's what I'm saying. But, but I it's get not, it. but, but it's no, but we can all boil it down to one game, but it's not one game. Uh, we can say that Emery's tenure ended after that Eintracht Frankfurt game, but it is the build up to that game. It just so happens that for me, the trigger point is this game. I do not have any confidence in a man who has not shown me he can do this job. He is alienating players that could improve his squad and sending them out on loan to then get beaten by a newly promoted team who has spent a tenth of what we have spent in the transfer market so far. And and it's not even that we're being beaten by them. We're being outplayed by them. They're trying back heels and pot shots from 35 yards. Like, it's embarrassing. Like, this, this is embarrassing. Yeah, we look like the newly promoted team. Um, and that was the shame. So, yeah, I, I, I do want to, at the top of the show... Just say, welcome back to the Different Not Podcast. <laughs> yeah. But also, 
I everything I'm about to say and all of my analysis, I hope is kind of um, uh, as objective as possible. But I know that the floor of this building is shaking. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have a lot of kind of, well, I understand this. This wasn't very good. I hope we work on this sort of stuff. But the problem is, is at some point you can analyze and it, you're, it's exactly as you say. And, and I understand why your fuse is, is, is there because it's not just this one game. It's a build up. But I think you can kind of sit on this level of analysis where you go like, well, in this situation, I can caveat and go, well, I understand why, blah, blah, blah. In this window, I sort of get a difficult... And then you basically move every situation and you have the counter argument to it, which which is valid and should be listened to. But underneath it all is a platform and a foundation that isn't working, that isn't moving in the yeah. right direction. And at some point, you have to question whether you're excusing it and and it's something that i need to question myself 100% and case in point of this is 2 weeks ago arsenal wanted to sell granite jacker granite jacker wanted to leave arsenal and tonight granite jacker captained arsenal that is the crux and the epitome of that it is yeah that no no nobody nobody knows what they're doing at that club mikel does not know what he's doing he is an assistant manager that has that that is bottling the opportunity opportunity to be a manager. He has not improved Arsenal. We look worse than when we were under Emery because at least when we were open at the back under Emery, we were creating some opportunities. We, we're creating nothing against a, a newly promoted team with you know just yeah I I. I Friday, like Friday the thirteenth, has truly struck for us. Oh yeah, but this isn't <laughs> this isn't, but it's not bad luck, right? And Tim Payton has put it perfectly when he says it's what you get with an absentee owner, no governess, an incompetent board with no football experience, and a rookie manager. Another long season is coming. Okay, okay, right. Let's get into it. Um. So the lineups, uh, well, yeah, let's give our one word summaries. Uh, mine will be weak. And I think the weak part of it is this confidence, this lack of um, proactivity. And I've spoken about it over a number of, couple of, a number of podcasts over the past couple of weeks, where it feels like, to me, there is a lack of conviction. When someone like Nuno Tavares comes on at the end, you watch him. And the guy is like a giraffe. I mean, like, he doesn't know where half his limbs are. But ultimately, there is a there is a, a diligence, there is a work ethic, there is a there is a there is a um, an attack to his game, and I don't mean in an attack defense kind of game. I mean just he's attacking every action he's making. That is missing, and that comes from confidence. That is not something you need to buy. That is not something. And as I've said so many times, you don't have to pay any money to be the most uh, assertive and to be the most uh, fit and to be the most um, self well i know self-belief is linked into that but there's an element of that that you can you can train within yourself if you have the right mentality right and that has to also be given to you from the manager you have to have confidence in what they're doing sure exactly and self-belief and confidence is is massively more linked but there's a there's an element of it that that can come from within and, and doesn't need to be bought and that side of the game i just don't see i don't see an arsenal side that wants to push i don't see an arsenal side that that seems in any way um assertive in their actions i don't see an arsenal side that even if you're gonna if you're gonna go wrong 
fucking go wrong properly. Go wrong and get it wrong. If you're going to, you know, and, and nothing sums this up more than the Leno incident. Just push him off. Get rid of him. It's legal in the Premier League. Shouldn't be. And we can debate that. But right in that, in, in that situation, you have a situation where a ball is coming in and you're the goalkeeper and you know that you're being... You, the guy walked towards him to like 10 seconds. You saw exactly what he's going to do. Push him off. And and what are the defenders around? I mean, whatever. But but that is... It, it sums up that attitude, which is this abjectivity, which is this like... This... Um, uh, what's that? It's like a... Um, uh, kind of lack of i don't know there's a word for it but i can't i can't think of it it's like when you go oh whatever it's this sort of um apathy that's the word i'm looking for it's this apathy of the team that i i don't understand and it's it, it has to come from somewhere uh, but i think it underpins so much of what we do and, and and has underpinned us for so long i don't see if we were if we were going out and losing 2-0 to brentford and i felt as though there was a injection of of grit and determination within the team call them soft factors all you fucking want call them oh you know passion merchants or whatever sorry watch that game and and i can put it in sort of more technical language oh they didn't win the duels oh in that moment he was spun by the player and played the wall pass whatever doesn't matter it's simple basic things this is a sport so if you want to play the game and you want to win the match you will try harder it doesn't need to be more sim- doesn't need to be complicated. It's really Mate, simple and we don't do it. You can see it. You can see it on players' faces when the first goal goes in. Watch watch back that first goal and then watch Nicola Pepe's reaction. He looks done with the absolute tomfoolery that's going on at this club. And that's not to say that he's not also part of the issue at points. But there has to become a point where we see a granite jacket with fight, grit and bite for Switzerland, screaming at his players to be better. And then seeing a limp, lacklustre, just placid player on the football pitch. One of those and has surely got to be your word. Surely. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say limp. I'm going to say limp for my word. Weak and I, limp. I, I, yeah, a lot of it, I'm, I'm, I'm starting, to, like, I understand that this group of players is not good enough uh, to be where we want to be. But this group of players is better than the way they've been playing for the last 18 months. Absolutely. And a lot of that has to ride on the way that Mikel Arteta has got them playing and the decisions that he has been making. You know, we stuck with Leno. It's not worked. And now it seems like instead of getting rid of him and moving on, we're going to give him a new contract. Granit Xhaka had his best season in an Arsenal shirt last season, but it's still nowhere near good enough. And we can't get Roma to pay 15 million quid for him. They're talking about 15 million euros. Like, it is just getting to a point where... We as we as fans can say as much as we want that the players are not good enough to affect the change that we want and to win the things that we want to win. We have the most expensive front three in the league. We invest money. Our assets aren't being used correctly by the people putting them into place. They're just not. Because we, we have three right backs on the bench. 
we're bringing on a left back at right back. I, I, whether you no, I'm sorry. Whether no, I'm sorry. Whether you want to tell me he's got a fucking strong right foot or not, that is ridiculous, Alex. It is ridiculous that we've got three right backs on the bench and we're bringing on a left back at right back. We're spamming in crosses to Flo Balogun, who's five for eight, and half the time he's not even there. I mean, like, the left, what? I, I do agree with a lot of you said, but the left back thing. I mean, it's we just needed some pace. Um, the so. The, my main issue getting into the actual sort of mechanics of the game, there's a brilliant video on the TIFO football channel, which I'd recommend you all uh, go and watch. Uh, it's all about like uh, basically what is total football or what is, oh, sorry, what is positional play? And there's two sort of key elements to it. And it's like a, or two, a couple of key elements. And it talks about qualitative and quantitative overloads or qualitative and quantitative kind of um, uh, situations where you, you can, you can create a advantage essentially. There's so much at the moment which I look at where we're not making advantages of both. So many times you see Pepe get the ball on the right-hand side, two players shut him down, and immediately Pepe has to stop. Right, when someone stops, you have to create. So at the moment, they've got a numerical superiority. They've got a uh, quantitative, as in quantitative, uh, advantage over Pepe, right? We have to move because there's now space. We have to move. Doesn't happen. Pepe has also got the quality, right? We know we've got the quality. We know we've got really good quality in Pepe. Uh, we've gonna, we know we've got the quality at the back with Ben White, but they shut that down. And if they're trying to shut down your your quality, and they're and they're basically those quality players are attracting those those players to shut them down, then there's spaces elsewhere, and we can exploit those. There's ways to beat teams, and we're not taking advantage of them. And I see it, and I and I, I watch the team. You know, you've got Xhaka and, and Sambi on the slant, but only two players of Smith Rowe and Sambi probably are players who can basically play it around the play it around the corner. Xhaka can't play around the corner. Um, Chambers certainly can't play it around the corner. Tierney tends not to play it around the corner. Balligan can play it around the corner, but isn't great at it. Pepe can't do it, and Martinelli doesn't do it. So when we're trying to play it through teams and they're sitting up with a high press. We have to start playing around the corner. And when you only have two players, you have to think of a different strategy. We're trying to stick it through the middle and getting overloaded every single time. There's things that I, as an armchair, armchair, basic, basic understanding coach, you know, or whatever fan, fan viewing things from a coach's perspective, right? That I see and I go, oh, well, you can clearly see there's loads of numbers from, of Brentford in the middle and that's what's happening. We're running into them every single time. So we'll go down the flanks or, you know, coach them, like coach the team into doing something else because there's a consistent pattern here and the patterns are not in our attacking play. Let me tell you that. And every single time we're shepherded out, we're so narrow in the, in the, in, in the attacking phase that no one can... Tierney's got the ball on that left-hand side. You've got basically Martinelli, Balligan and uh, Pepe stood within about five yards of each other. Why? Move. Move. <laughs> like, I don't get it. And the thing is, this may be some huge master plan that I just... I, I don't have the brains to understand and, you know, galaxy brain meme... Yeah, inserted but, but it's not how many, how many times have we said that and how many it's a, it's only so many times that we can make the excuse or give the reasoning maybe they've got a reason that we just don't know like we've been we have been that that fucking sentence has come out on this podcast since 
the beginning of last season when Willian started dropping stinkers and he kept getting selected. Maybe it's something we can't see. Maybe it's his work ethic. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And then with thousands of other decisions, right, it comes to a point where we have to realise the patterns. Just like I started to realise the patterns of PRFC. It's the same patterns with what we say and how we start to excuse what is just incapability. Mikel Arteta has proven over his time at Arsenal that he is incapable at time. Mikel Arteta has proved to Arsenal that he is incapable to win a game from a losing position at halftime. He's had 16 attempts. He's lost 12 and drawn four. He's lost 13 now. <laughs> no, no, no. It was in, including tonight. He's lost 12 and drawn four. I think that from stat 16 was from before. So I think it is 13. No, yeah, it, I mean, regardless. It, 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 regard- it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, regardless. That is shocking and embarrassing for a man. And what, what I, I'm, I'm bringing up Aaron's tweet because it, it, it sums up how I'm feeling perfectly. Um, because what what process are we trusting? Because we're giving Pablo Marie game time and sending Saliba out on loan because he's not good enough. Whatever um, we let Emmy Martinez go for twenty million because we told him because he wanted to leave after being told he only had a ninety five percent chance of starting the first game. Whatever the fuck, fine. We're looking to replace him with Ramsdale for the same, if not more, money. We rely on a left back as the main source of creativity, and we never create any clear-cut opportunities. We cannot break down anyone. We're talking about, like, it's... Can I can I just say something on that? And and yeah, I, I'm go going to say it. a few things that will make you want to jump in, but let me get let me finish this, because I do agree with you. There's so... Okay, then. You, wait, 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 wait. You can tell me when to next talk. I okay, will, I will sure, sure. <laughs> so... So I, so for example, on the Emmy thing, that this is proves this is the point I was making in the in the intro. On the Emmy thing, I really, <laughs> Brad's face, I I can go okay. I'm making notes. A situation where Emmy wanted to leave, and he was the he was, there was the only offer for him on the table. It was 95 percent likely that he was going to start. They couldn't give him that 100 percent assurance. There wasn't an offer for Leno, and you sell Emmy. It's a good price, right? I understand why that happened. I don't think it was the best decision. Situations like Tierney is our Tierney's a fantastic player. The fact that he is a player who is, uh, you know, our most creative player sort of works in how we play. He's the sort of the fifth attacker on that left-hand side, so he's going to have a lot of influence. It's not going to be the same as Chambers. That's a system thing to me. There's, or that's certainly the counter-argument to why is Tierney our most creative player, right? There are certain other elements and certain, you know, um, situations like with the with the Saliba thing, whatever. There are counter-arguments to everything. But ultimately, and this is this is the point, when you're not winning football matches, it becomes harder and harder to justify and and stick by those decisions. You can't, in my opinion, it's difficult to judge uh, judge decisions too harshly in retrospect. They have to be judged with the information that was given at the time. That's that's all you can really do. And if you're if you're if you're discussing someone's decision making processes, well, you have to look at the the information they had at the time, and that's all that is. Uh, and you can, you know, look retrospectively and say, well, in hindsight, that was the wrong decision. But you have to accept that they had a certain amount of information at the time. When you're not winning football matches, that sort of um, uh, goodwill goes. 
And I think this is the issue. So I, I, I can counter-argument a lot of what that tweet just said, but we're not winning matches. So it sort of doesn't matter. And then those things become the sort of rods and the, the what's the, the lightning rods or whatever the, the phrase is to, to criticise the club, which I get. Go. Okay. I agree with you on the Emmy thing. Like, I, I think that, you know, he'd made 10 appearances. I don't blame the club or anyone. Like, do I, and I said it at the time. I said, this is the stupidest decision we've made since fucking God knows when. But it is that situation. You're not going to excel or just force out of the club your player of the season from the season before. You're, like, that's just not going to happen. My issue with it is now we're not acting and moving, you know. Uh, but I do agree with you with Emmy. I, I don't think that there was any other situation that that could have played out. And I think that when he said that he wanted to leave, even though he was given a 95% chance, that was his decision and whatever. Um, just because we use Tierney in a tactical way to create opportunities, it doesn't mean that the only way that we should create opportunities is cross the ball from the left flank and inshallah that somebody manages the leap like a salmon from the Yemen river through the mouth of a brown bear to head the ball home like that it shouldn't be our only method of opportunity and I counted myself again and again and again going well Tierney's crossed the ball to no one again and Tierney's crossed the ball to no one again I understand your argument about oh I could make counter arguments against all of these things but the issue is is you aren't so like I don't know what you're like as in it's all well and good saying, oh, but I could make an argument against this. Then me- whether or not it's not right at the moment because we're losing football matches or whatever, you, it's it's for me a little bit of a cop-out to say, oh, I could make counter-arguments against this, but I'm not going... Do, do you see what I mean? Because then I, because I don't think there's anything for them... That it's not a dialogue. Because I would rather know what your counter-arguments are. Do you see what I mean? No, no, no. I, I, I'm just saying from a fan perspective, I, I'm saying I can see both sides of the argument. So people using specific incidents to be like, and this, look at these specific incidents, these show where we're going wrong as a club. Then I'm going, well, actually, I disagree with a lot of what you're saying there. To, that's, that your logic is flawed to get to that point. However, we are going wrong. So I get why you're using those things. Do you know what I mean? What, what my, yeah, no, what, no, no. I get, I, get, I get what you mean now. Yeah, what, yeah, my, so. what my opinion is, is is probably somewhere in the middle and sometimes I'll I'll be you know one side of an argument sometimes I'll be another but ultimately my point is that we we sit there and we we use specific things and say well why you know why and why do we sell Emmy or why do we loan out Saliba whatever it is and I get those and I can see both sides of why you would do it why you wouldn't do it it doesn't matter like the, like that ultimately we we just lost against Brentford we should get to the game. We should get yeah. to the game. Wait, um, wait, wait. And I'd, I'd, I'd literally just your one final point about information that we haven't had at the time, right? We had all of the information that we're going to have from this next loan from Saliba that we had at the beginning of this season, right? We've, we've got the information. Instead, we decided to spend 50 million on a new centre-back, send him out on loan and keep Pablo Mari and Rob Holding. And whether you want to keep a backs-to-the-wall defender or not, if that's not the main way you're going to be playing, you should only keep one backup profile of that type of player. And, uh, you know, the player we would be playing alongside Ben White in Gabriel is currently injured. And we, you know, we, t- we talk about... 
we've not learned anything new in today's game that now gives us this crazy insight that we think, oh, well, we shouldn't have loaned Saliba out. Like, I think that's a given anyway. You're, you're talking about the opportunity of players like, so Erdegaard were apparently interested in for 35 million, right? We've bought Ben White for 50 million pounds. We could have bought Erdegaard and Lokonga for the Ben White fee. Those two players and then spent the Lokonga fee and the, and whatever money in the kitty that we have left on other centre-back was never our priority. And this is exactly what was going to happen when we improved on a The information that we had at the time, Alex, was we, we had the third best defence in the league. We had the third best defence in the league and we haven't made a creative or attacking signing. We've signed a number six slash a number eight. We've signed a left back and we've signed a centre-back. Again, I, I would counter that and say, well, the situation with Erdegaard was that we had basically were having to wait until what Real Madrid wanted to do with him. It's clear he was our number one priority, so I understand not making a sign in that position. You don't clubs don't operate in a sense of what is our absolute, you know, number one priority. Well, that will be the first bit of business that we do. You do business as and when you can do it. And also some some clubs also don't operate in a sense of like, well, we got, say, two hundred million to spend Therefore, we'll spend it in these areas. They might say, well, we've got 20 million for a keeper, but we've got 50 million for an attacking midfielder. They allocate funds in different ways. I I, I think all of this, we we can, and I'd love to get to the game because I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, we can, I, we're like 27 yeah. minutes on, we probably should. <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can discuss the issues and we have and we should and we will, right? But the point is we're losing games. So, it, so we can, so I, I can, and I can hear both sides of an argument. I understand what you're saying. But I think the point is, is using all these sort of yardsticks that are kind of like whatever. It doesn't matter. We lost a game. That's that's the most important thing. We're not playing well. And you say, you know, something we didn't learn this evening. I I, I really did. I mean, I, I'm looking at that defence and going, we, should we play a black three? Because, you know, Ben White this evening, uh, I think I've got his stats here. So he, he won 50% of his aerial duels and 43% of his ground duels in his competitive Arsenal debut. So last season, for reference, David Luiz won 73% of his aerial duels. I... Oh, yeah, like, look, listen, it's a debut, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he dropped us. He dropped a stinker tonight. Yeah, He got spun. It was, poor. It was, it was poor. poor. And look, whatever your opinions on Saliba are, I, that's irrelevant because he's not at the club. But what I'm saying is, like... It's it's it is just the decision making, but yeah, for 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 four, what is it? Forty three percent of your ground jewels, that's atrocious. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good, and especially considering you know the 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 sort of reputed quality of the opposition. I mean, you know, looking at our lineup, I. It's 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 a it's a young team. The average age is twenty four. Obviously, Aubameyang and Lacazette aren't out. Um, uh, sorry, we're out with illness. I have a bullshit. Yeah, I have a bit of a bullshit concern. There was a kind of a sparkle in Mikel's eye when he said it. It was also a bit. I don't know. They 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 were they appeared in a training video yesterday. When there's questions over someone's future, I think you should be aware of that as a manager and go. No, they they're really ill and they're, they'll be returning. They've got flu, whatever it is. Be a bit more specific. He was just like, "Oh, they're ill." And that's all I can say. And it was very kind of. There's more to this. I think you have to you have to be aware of that. Um, 
Yeah, I I think you know Brentford had a fantastic high press. Um, they're really good at basically waiting for the pass, the a poor pass, and then pressing up. Um, I think I think they're a really good team. I think they they you know had sort of passages both ways in the first half. Um, and yeah, I I think as I said earlier, when we're trying to, I I can't see the plan, and this is the problem with 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 this team is I'm. I'm seeing as in the defensive phase, I'm going, okay, so we're splitting the centre-backs and we're allowing Tony and uh, the other guy, Mbo, Mbe, Mbewu, sorry, I don't know his name. Yeah, um, uh, the We're allowing them to basically press us really high and create those numerical superiorities. Okay, so does that mean we're pushing further up the pitch? Okay, Mbwe. no. Does that mean that we're, uh, we, I think we missed, I mean, again, we missed party, but there's nothing we can do about that. And as Arteta said in the post-match, there's no excuses. We missed someone to calm it down. There's a bit pinball at times, but then we get to the final third and then it doesn't feel like we're creating any, it is, it's not more numbers up there anyway. It feels like we're being overrun there. So it feels all over the pitch. We're losing our jewels. We're not creating the spaces. We're not, we're not finding the pockets. And the only, there was one point where I like, I like squinted. And I was trying to see if I was someone who just didn't know anything about football, who would I think were the better team? And I was like, it's the team in red because they're moving. So when when the guy in red and white has the ball, the other ones around him move. And when the guys in blue have the ball, the other guys around him stay still. When someone stops on the ball, you have to move because otherwise they just push it back. And we, we get that U-shaped football we saw last year. And that was, for me, most of the first half. Um, uh, but I don't think Brentford were anything special. I think Arsenal were very, very poor. I think we also have to be careful about saying like, oh yeah, this team were immaculate today. It wasn't hard to beat Arsenal today. We were a no. fucking shambles. And cre- obviously credit where credit's due. You have to beat what's put in front of you. Uh, like I'm I'm never going to be that the kind of person that, you know, but you we have to understand that arsenal made it unbelievably easy for brentford today we did not turn up in any way shape or form until the 88th minute with that the pepe chance that's the one big chance of the game that that pulled a fantastic save from david raya yeah he looks good <laughs> um yikes wait wait no, uh, wasn't I? It was you, was actually. It, it, it was you, actually. If you go back and listen to the first like ten episodes of the podcast podcast last year, it's David it, David Raya. Just every every ten minutes. See, this is guy called David Raya, which is fine. But listen, maybe your talent ID is uh, is is top. Um, it's fucking better than Mikel's. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, At this I, fucking right. I um, yeah. I I don't I don't know. I wouldn't categorize as. I just think we didn't. I think didn't turn up is probably where I'd sit with you on that one. I don't know if we were bad. We just physically, we were just not. We were over overpowered, and, and in the post matches, um, both uh, Thomas Frank and uh, Norgard, the midfielder, were like, "We know we have a strong physical capacity, and that's what we targeted." Um, and that's what happened. I mean, we were just we were just bullied off the ball half the time and, and crowded out. And we looked a young team, and we were a young team, of course. But when your experienced professionals like Xhaka and Mari aren't dictating games, aren't you know, being protagonists to to coin a phrase in a game, it becomes very difficult to dominate it, and it becomes very difficult difficult to control it unless you have an exceptional individual performance from someone like Smith Rowe, who I thought was was mm-hmm. really really fantastic. Um, in terms of the goal, yep. um, again, not to sound like a broken it's record, it's it's poor. It's a good finish, and it's poor defending for me. Like it's, it's and a- Leno, Leno's like on our on our penalty spot. 
Yes, like, where is he? It's. What's I I, th- I think the guy shoots early, and and I kind of get that, but at the same time, you should be you should be saving those. And we see yeah, we see a much harder chance saved at the other end by David Rea, and it's it's really it's really disheartening. <laughs> Chambers should probably get out to him a little bit, but again, he he's he's quick, and this is the thing that I was saying. If we're asserting, the ball also goes out of play. Yeah, I'm maybe sure, maybe. I'm pretty sure the ball goes out. But again, no excuses. I, like whether the ball goes out of play or not, we shouldn't be conceding a goal like that. No, no. And and yeah, I think Chambers needs to get out to him quicker. I think someone needs to be covering across. But I think, yeah, it was the absolute chuckle brothers back there with Mari and White tonight. Uh, I love the uh, the cut to Southgate with him ball watching. Of course he was. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the graphic at halftime about us being behind and never coming back was... Uh, concerning the kit looked good fuck off <laughs> the kit looked good uh, um, you can see some of the balls Jacka wouldn't slide through from fucking space um, and again oh, when, you, when you don't when you have someone who constantly fizzes the ball out to that left hand side and then can't play a ball around a corner isn't going to be physical in the duels you become someone who is just abject and you become someone who's like a it's like a solid sort of block of wood in the middle that just doesn't we're giving him a pay rise (laughs) what in the fucking world if i was this shit at my job would i get a pay rise you did this for free so (laughs) yeah i i I fucking know (laughs) like oh yeah and it is oh and the thing with Arsenal, right, we've always had the physicality issue. The only difference is now our players aren't good enough and aren't coached well enough to play technical good football. Yeah, like, the, co- the coaching is a, is a, is a real concern for it's me. Fucking, it's fucking from concern. set pieces as well. We've just gone rid of a set piece coach. Who meant that we? I think it's we conceded the second least from corners or something last season. I don't know if got rid. I think he chose atrocious. to leave. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But why? Why do these? Why are these people choosing to leave? Because he wanted to go back to Mulder because he got offered a coaching job. But that's a, <laughs> that is a that is a question you have to ask yourself. Why is somebody leaving a Premier League club where the wages are probably going to be higher to go back to Mulder? I think he's the manager, mate. I'm I'm pre- or something like that. He got a really good offer. Andreas. I don't know, but Jay Augson. Is it Malmo? So he's offered basically an executive role at Malmo, which I I get. Anyway, let's not get bogged down in that. I, I yeah, I, I but I do agree and and again, it's about recruiting up and you have to increase your fl- quality floor and if he was someone who was excellent, we need to be uh, replacing him with someone just as good. I mean, this Nicholas Yova guy um, supposedly is good and Arteta worked with him before but again that's that's something from an Arteta's standpoint you need someone with football oversight who can come in and say well no I, I've worked with this guy before he's experienced he should come in or whatever it is or or provide some kind of oversight on the on the appointment I don't want to get too bogged down in that because that's I feel that's a bit not soft factory but I don't have much information on that so I don't want to draw too many conclusions um, I, another thing was we had we have so many players who want the ball to feet. And part of the reason we were so static is Smithrow wants the ball to feet. Saka wants the ball to feet. 
Uh, Pepe wants the ball to feet. Balogun wants the ball to feet. Probably only Martinelli is really willing to do a bit of a run to get on the ball. Everyone else wants the ball to feet. So you're all stood around and you, there's no driving runs. There's no penetration of space. There's no there's no movement. Someone who does stand out is Callum Chambers, who sometimes play, does that thing where he runs and does a sort of overlapping run. And he drags a defender out, makes a bit of space for Pepe to get a shot off or fall over or whatever he does. And it is a, it's a concern. But then that comes back to me. It's like, well, if you know that you've got five players who will want the ball to feet, stick Nelson and Martinelli on the wings and try something different. It just... I, the point... Thing, the thing that summed it up for me, when Xhaka... Uh, when uh, there was a substitution we brought Nelson on and I wrote down, finally a bit of proactivity taking off Xhaka for Nelson. And no, he took off Martinelli for Nelson. <laughs> I was like, for fuck's sake. While Brentford bought on an attacker at 2-0. And it just kind of, it just kind of sums it up. He just and- doesn't know what he's doing. He just doesn't know. He just doesn't know what he's doing. I, I genuinely, uh, and I know we're, I don't want to, we're getting, I'm just going to stop myself. But, but it baffles me. He just doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, the Saka response... Uh, they were singing. They were singing, you're just a shit Tottenham Hotspur. The Brentford fans were singing that tonight. Maybe we are, Brad. <laughs> oh, At the God. fucking moment we are. Oh, God. Uh, the Saka thing made me cry. Um, I was, that was, if, if, one, if one positive came out this evening, I was... I nearly bawled my eyes out when... Um, when he got the when he got the applause, that was an amazing moment. Um, some encouragement, encouraging signs in the second half. Smith Rowe looked engaged. Uh, had a lovely moment. We took the uh, took the ball on the back foot and turned and had a shot. Pepe looked a bit more engaged. Was getting with defensive work, which was nice. Um, and then and, and Saka was progressing, keeping the ball high as kind of always. And then the goal. And it's just <laughs> you know, and, and and in a team of. Young players, you're never going to come back from that. You're not. You're not expecting a sort of gargantuan, you know, Sisyphean effort from from Martinelli or, or or Nelson. These guys, they're not experienced. They're not meant to. So when that goal, the the the, the header goes in, and there was a moment with Carragher on on uh, on comms, and he said something like, "We've been saying it's Spursy, maybe it's Arsenal," and I, I I found myself agreeing and and I can't and then the, and then from there the game just washes over me because I'm just like this is this is a consistent trend this is a consistent trend and we're not doing anything to change it yeah and maybe that's the most annoying thing and a part of that is the manager because you can't we can't sack the playing staff we can barely even sell three members of the playing staff. We have yet to receive a single... Actually, no, that's not true. We sold Joe Willock today, who arguably could have made more of an impact off the bench than Xhaka did in the entire game. I still think we should have sold him because it's the great. It's a great price and it's, it's exactly the kind of business we should be doing. But it's fucking... It's, it's mental. It's mental that we are now at a situation again where... We are doing the same thing again and again and again. And Mikel looks, and this is the thing that pisses me off. He looks baffled by it all, as if his grand plan is not working. And how dare it? And how could it not work? Because it's a, it's a piece of genius. It hasn't been working since the beginning of last season. 
Yep. And 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 he's so often bailed out by individuals as well, like you know Tierney and Smith Rowe. Exactly. And this um, this is the thing. Even if we have the best, the, sorry, even if we had the best fucking window of any club in the last decade in in the next two weeks, and sign Lautaro Martinez, James Madison, Erdegaard, Nawa, and we play fucking some ridiculous hybrid formation, and the Premier League sanction new rules that we can play twelve players and they can play eleven just because we need the fucking help <laughs> at this point. Do you believe that his coaching and his tactics is going to do anything else rather than just have players who will bail him out? Because Tierney bailed him out when and um, Erdegaard and Aubameyang bailed him out against, was it Benfica or Olympiacos in the Europa League? You know, Saka bailed him out about 15 times last season. Martinelli against Crystal Palace bailed him out. This manager has been bailed out by individual brilliance so many times. He is fucking clueless. Yeah. And and then you have moments like, you know, Tierney doing flip-flaps while Mario tries to work out what team he's on. And it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. And maybe there isn't. And maybe, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe there isn't a solution. And, um, other than some some real real change, I don't know. I really don't know. It's it. mate. We need to just go get. We need to go get Antonio Conte and give him the fucking keys to the castle, mate. Oh, also, this is going to be the spiciest, and I'm holding my mic to bring it closer to my face. The spiciest series of fucking Amazon all or nothing you've ever seen in your life. Imagine if Mikel gets sacked within like four games and we get a new manager in. That's great television. They'll do that thing they did with Pochettino where they didn't mention him. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when they were just like, "Uh, Spurs just have a new manager. Let's all talk about the last five years. Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, mate, it's it's bad. (laughs) It's bad. Uh, I'm not convinced yet, but I think I'm giving him T minus sort of seven games. And two of those um, are against uh, the people who were in the Champions League final uh, last season. So. If he if he loses, uh, l- listen, fucking Chelsea and City are a write-off anyway. And we've got Norwich after, haven't we? Yeah. I think it's like Norwich and Burnley. If we don't take six points from those two games at a point off of one and Chelsea and City should be sacked. Yeah, I don't... I don't. I don't I don't know yet. I don't have an opinion on that. I don't have an opinion. Brad, we will see you after. Oh, jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. This. News and views. Welcome back to News and Views, where we give you all the news and all your views. But mostly, oh, it's just a quick reminder that if you do enjoy this podcast, you can support us on Patreon and buy me a coffee. Uh, links are in the show please, description. Please buy me a coffee. Please. Yeah, I give, fucking need it. Give Brad some caffeine. I did that from memory just then, Brad. Automatically. Wow. New season, new me. Uh, couple of bits of news. Joe Willock, uh, as mentioned by Bradley in his lovely rant, um, which one? Um, has gone off to, 
has gone off to Newcastle <laughs> for a fee of t- Twenty-five million pounds. Uh, we yeah, we've covered this. It's 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 good business all round. Um, I'm sad to see him go. I think that there's definitely a space for him uh, in another system in another life. And maybe another manager would have come in and said, "Well, look, you're you're central to my plans." But ultimately, when you get good offers for your players who aren't absolutely yeah. first team, first team, first team, they've just they've got to go. So. Um, yeah, good luck to him. And, uh, you know, suppose that there was a, a story in The Athletic that was talking about how, you know, he really took some time and, and analysed it all. So I think he, I'm hoping it will uh, all work out for him. And yeah, best of luck. And it's sad. I mean, you know, we had all the Willick brothers and they've all they've all gone. We've all I departed. Tell, I can tell you're absolutely gutted. Brad's crying. I really don't give a shit. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm so apathetic tonight. I really couldn't care less. Uh, um, okay, and we woke up this morning to news that Martin Urdegar, uh was uh, left out of Real Madrid's squad for their first game against Alaves. Um, lots of reports linking him back to Arsenal. Lots of quite reliable reports as well. Um, stuff from AS and sort of Madrid-based uh, newspapers. He's not been registered as well. I I like Erdegaard. I think there's a lot to like about him. I love that he's solid in that sort of right-hand half space. I think he's talented player. I think he's got a lot, a lot, a lot of potential. I think he's can be inconsistent, but I think he's also someone who's a, a bit of a leader, supposedly trains really well, fitted in really well. I would love him back. I'm just going to read you out um, the comparison between Erdegaard and Madison in the league last year. So expected assists per 90, Erdegaard, 0.22, Madison 0.23. Key passes, about the same, 2.19 and 2.23 for Madison. Shot creating actions, Madison just edges him on 4.5, Erdegaard just less. Progressive passes, Erdegaard's out on top, um, Madison's just under with 4.31, Erdegaard 4.62. And progressive carries, Erdegaard goes quite a lot further with 8.6 and Madison with 6.19. Um, there's a kind of narrative and probably because we've been following Madison all summer that this is I can't believe it and you know how you know why would we go for Erdegaard when Madison's available I I really think Erdegaard's a really good investment personally mate he's a great player I I think Madison's a better Madison's a better signing right now because he fixes issues that we have right now like goals from midfield and he's right-footed, and we're accumulating an awful lot of lefties in that front four. Um, but uh, Erdegaard is in no way a poor signing; it's just a different signing. Yeah. The thing that you do, the, the thing that you have to do when you then sign Martin Erdegaard is find those goals from elsewhere in midfield. You'll need Pepe to up his goal contributions. You'll need Saka to up his goal contributions. You'll need Smithrow to, and you'll need Aubameyang to be firing again. That And, you know, if we can get that to happen, brilliant. And then we don't need those eight to 12 goals that Madison might score instead of Erdegaard, who might get three to four. It's, it's, it's a stylistic thing. And maybe even having Erdegaard, who's a different profile of player, more of a, I don't know, more of a creator and an, a facilitator than a shoot from 20 yards kind of player. Um so maybe that in itself will increase the numbers of the players around him. Yeah, I, I agree. And I also think Erdogan will add goals to his game. I think 
a, a lot of our issues last season were chance creating and Erdegaard created a lot of chances in the league last year. I think he had like the most key passes or most chances created out of any Arsenal player, like in the back end of the season. Um, and that coincided with our change in form. And we, we, you know, correlation might not be complete causation, but there's, there's some correlation there. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's, as you say, it's a different style. I imagine we'll be sitting a little bit more. I don't know exactly where Odegaard will play, whether Smith-Rowe will have to shift out to the left, whether they'll sit in a different way in sort of in our attacking phase, whether we'll have sort of a dual eights in that and then in a defensive phase, Smith-Rowe will shift out. I don't know. Um, it'd be interesting to see. But I do agree. It's, I mean, I've said this before. My only concern is like, that's two quite different players in different styles um, sitting mm. on different sides of things and I think I th- I, from I haven't watched much of Madison but I I think he shifts out to the left I don't really know anyway they're quite different players so it will impact things quite substantially which I imagine is why we wanted Erdegaard because we can continue with some of the success that we had last uh, last season at the end of the season where things were starting to click and I think in terms of the other players with more chances people like Pepe people with, like Saka Martinelli mm. Abamyang, Lacazette if we get another player in up front which I'd love mm-hmm. um even the likes of Balogun and Nelson, you know, hopefully will will benefit from that. And it's not to say that that is, you know, I'd love goals from midfield, but I couldn't name you many goal-scoring midfielders in the league right now. Uh, like, uh, you know, if you if you think about midfielders, apart from the, those who take penalties like Jorginho, you're not looking at Scott McTominay and, and you know, uh, Jorginho other than penalties or Kovacic or or Rodri they're, they're not getting many goals um, and I know they sit a bit I mean like, Fernandez, s- but there's an awful lot of penalties in there but um, and Fernandez also yeah to some degree yeah and pen- like, yeah, penalties yeah. I suppose he sits a bit further forward where Odegaard would but yeah I can't I can't name you loads so I don't know whether yeah. it's a it's a stylistic thing in the league um, where teams just aren't really playing like that anymore but yeah I mean, we'll see. I would love Erdegaard. I think he's. I think adding another international captain is is a huge thing for the for the group as well. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree with you. The only the only problem that I have with Erdegaard is that he's left footed, because it it does just create a slight issue with that balance with Saka on the right hand side. But maybe we'll see Saka shift out to the left. Um. Uh, maybe this spells kind of the the bringing to a close of Pepe's Arsenal career and we'll go for a right winger that's right-footed or we'll start to incorporate Martinelli more on that left-hand side and play Saka on the right, Erdegaard in the middle and, and Martinelli on the left. Uh, but it's again, this is all conjecture. I don't really know. There is just something that worries me about having three left-footers as the options mm. behind the especially because and I know this is a bit it's a bit loaded because it's also not entirely true but I do find that left footers tend to be more one footed than right footers yeah it's a reputational thing but also I I I think it might have some truth to it I don't yeah I'd I'd need to you know like Robin Van Robin Van Persie did not have a right foot yeah you know Xhaka does not have a right foot Saka's right foot's okay but it's not exceptional you know, Pepe's right foot is a bit suspect. Yeah, it's mostly for standing on. Yeah, I, I, I need to look at the data, but I agree anecdotally. There's a lot of people who, who yeah. you look at, and that, that does make sense. Uh, you we, go, Ooh. We've had a tweet in from at Michael Vusani. 
and he has <laughs> taken a picture of the. And then when I have a look at this tweet, he's t- he's screen grabbed and he's uh, co- commented on something that we commented on earlier about Xhaka not playing the ball through. Um, I, I we've we've retweeted it to the Diffnock Twitter, so go have a look at it. But it, I mean, it's 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 criminal. Some of these some of these passes that Xhaka isn't playing are criminal, and I think if we have let's say Sambi and and Party and Erdegaard picking up those positions we could we could really we could really benefit because Xhaka sitting further forward having the ball in those in those areas and not playing those balls through the lines um yeah it just can't happen because if you're the player in that position you have to play that ball through it's it's absolutely criminal thanks to uh, Michael Vasani for uh, for for sending us that but um yeah, yeah it's, it's a fucking shocking it's a disgrace it's a disgrace it's like it's it's a disgrace it's it's mad Final thing. I mean, um, I, d- I mean, I'm not, you can't excuse Arteta for those two moments. Do you know what I mean? Like the game plan was fucking shocking today. I get you. I get what you're, I get what he's trying to say that like, look, you know, certain players aren't doing this. I know they're not, but we're also not creating any fucking chances anyway. Do you know what I mean? We're still doing the cross from the left and inshallah. Yeah. And it's not as if a load of individual players are missing keep clear chances like it's, yeah. it's a system issue so maybe it's the parts of the system and maybe they're not doing their role but ultimately there's no one person that you look at and go they're the issue apart from maybe Xhaka but or, like there's no one person that you look at and go well if you weren't there everything would be different you look at it and it's kind of an yeah. abject like oh fucking hell this just it's isn't the working. system and it, 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 like one big thing about Mikel is there was a lot of talk about how he improved Sterling and Sane before he came what Arsenal player has he improved? Saka, but that's the end of it, I think. I don't even think he... Imp- I don't think you can credit him with that. I really don't. I think Saka improved himself because he's gone and done it under Southgate, one of the most passion merchant managers, I think, zero knowledge, all vibes managers I can think of and still perform to that level. I, I do not think you can... Attri- because if he had improved Saka that much, you would see that trickle down into other players. It's players grabbing their opportunities. It's not Mikel, you know, teaching these players the way. Otherwise, where's the improvement in Pepe? Where's the improvement in Xhaka? Where's the improvement in Tierney, Ma- uh, Chambers, Mari? Some of these players that have been around since last season. I do think there's been an improvement in Pepe, but I think that's more of a work rate issue than anything. I don't, yeah, I, I agree. I don't see new dimensions to people's games um, at the moment. But yeah, that's... You uh, can't even get the dimensions to their first game, right? Yeah. Let alone added <laughs> something new, for fuck's sake. Final thing before we explode. Um, some VAR changes, which is good. Um, a couple of things, something we saw this evening. I think there could have been a shout on Balogun, which would have been very soft. For a penalty. Yeah. Um, so I think there was basically, it was highlighted before the match. There was three things. Uh, it's benefit of the doubt on offside. So they showed one, I think it was like a uh, a Wolves goal where like his, literally his armpit was offside. They're changing that. It's sort of just allowing it to be sort of um, looking at it in a different a different sense and sort of giving the benefit of the doubt to the attackers. Uh, contact or penalties. They gave the example of the Sabios one, Richarlison one last year, where he literally just clips his shin and because there's contact, he goes down and he gets a penalty. So that won't be allowed anymore. And uh, flags and offsides. So if someone goes through, they're clearly 15, 20 yards offside and they used to wait. They now won't wait anymore. 
um, and they'll wave. And I think those are all three really simple changes. And as Jamie Carragher said, credit to um, PGMOL and Mike Riley and stuff because they've they put polls out and they've listened and they've adapted and uh, and, they, and they've taken... Still didn't get the first major decision in this game right though, did it? Which one was that? With the ball going out. I mean... I don't know if it 100% did, but there was no VAR check on it. Well, not that we know about. And this is the thing is, is they're, they're trying to use yeah, less... fair enough. They're trying to use less broadcast get, time less game stoppages so yeah I don't know right Brad we've just got time right mate for a little bit of Arsenal trivia <laughs> last time I asked you there are four executive and non-executive directors of Arsenal Stan and Josh Kroenke Tim Lewis and who is it Ken Fryer no he's the president it's Lord oh, Harris of Peckham, who's a big Maggie Thatcher fan, apparently. Oh, what a prick. <laughs> and your question for next week is, Arsenal have one of the best top flight records in history, apparently, <laughs> having finished below 14th only how many times? Arsenal have one of the best top flight records in history. That's going to change. Having finished below 14th only how many times? Add one for this season. We're one game in, Brad, and I'd forgotten what it meant uh, or what it felt like to be. I, I've loved the Euros. Yeah, I've loved the Euros. <laughs> the enjoyment that I felt watching football during the Euros has been sapped away from me in an evening. In ninety minutes. What? No, we we didn't even last twenty-two minutes, Alex. Before before the before the clown before fucking Krusty the clown walked back out and the circus began. Can we can we leave it on a positive? I'm trying to. Th- this is the thing. I want to be like. Well, there's a positive, and it's this. And I genuinely can't. At least can't if this carries on, he'll get sacked soon. And also, I do think I think some business will be conducted in the window over the next few days. But also, it's like you said. Even if he gets these players in, like you know, it's not like we trust. What's that- he gonna fuck? Yeah. What's he gonna do with them? Yeah, it's um. Give the keys of the castle to Antonio Conte, bend over a barrel for him, give him everything he wants and just pray that he has no dignity left and will accept this shit show. And with a three at the back system, I think that could work as well because I think Ben White um, doesn't yet look comfortable in a two, um, which is a bit of a concern. So, Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, fella. I hope that was in some way uh, therapeutic for the listeners. It was very therapeutic. That hour flashback. I'm, go- I'm going to bed. Yeah, mate. It's absolutely. It, I mean, it's because we spent the thir- first thirty minutes with me having a minor, br- like, a, a, an actual breakdown about the state of my football club live on podcast. Well, it makes for I've, good listening. I've, li- so. I've literally. It is a bit mental, I, and I, I will admit this at the end of the podcast. So. Bravo if you're here, but it is a bit mental that I called for his head at the beginning of the episode, wasn't it? That was a bit crazy. <laughs> Do you want me to take that out? <laughs> no, no, leave it in. It's good content. <laughs> and that's what we want. Not good analysis. We want good yeah. content. Good content. We want good click-worthy content. <laughs> All right, Bradley. Well, even uh, even when the, the club is in a fucking mess, it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. It's, it's always, always a pleasure. Right. We will see you. When will we see you? In a bit, fuck knows. Yeah. Hopefully when we're less depressed. Hopefully when we're less depressed. We'll probably see you mid... Oh, no, we won't see you midweek because I am away. Uh, so we'll see you Ooh. after uh, Arsenal versus Chelsea when we've lost... Where Lukaku 
absolutely bullies us. Yeah, and not for the first time. All right. Pleasure as always, Brad. Thank you so much for listening. Keep it different, Knock, and we'll see you later. Peace. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com, find us on Twitter at DiffKnock, and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.